To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new podcast for you. So this week I have on Mike Lum and Ryan Muncy. So these guys started a new company, Fuel the Pursuit. And uh, they're just both such intelligent, driven individuals. So this just makes for a great conversation. So Mike Lum is one of the premier guides on the Madison. And uh, I fished with Mike and then I had him on the Flycast podcast, my fly fishing specific podcast. And he just did so good on there. So... I wanted to get him on the hunting side as he's just as proficient uh, hunting elk with his bow and with his rifle. And he's been kind of mentoring Ryan Muncy. Ryan comes from the East Coast and, and just was never into Western hunting, but always really into human performance. And so these guys have been teaming up in hunting and uh, just bring a great perspective to the podcast. So this is all about human performance, how the body works. Uh, there's a bunch of biohacks in here, and, and Ryan Muncy has a book that I've really enjoyed. Um, so I drop an F-bomb on the podcast uh, to plug his book. Uh, it's it's F your feelings, um, but with the, with the whole F-bomb in there. So I did drop that in the podcast, so you'll hear that, but uh, it's just a great book. Um, uh, so well written and, and so many, like it's a book with a blueprint of how to get mental toughness. Um, so I really dug it. That's like right down my lane. So uh, really enjoyed the conversation and the podcast, and I think you guys will too. Sponsor for today's show is Sitka Gear. Uh, gosh, I just love having Sitka Gear on all my hunts. I really believe they build the best technical mountaineering gear for bow hunting. Uh, I, I love that subalpine pattern. That subalpine, I just disappear. It just seems like uh, as long as I don't move or, you know, I'm not stuck in the, the wide open, animals just don't see me in that pattern. So I, I love it. I know it adds to, to me being stealthy, you know, hunting all these different places. And it blends in perfectly in Hawaii, in in southern desert of Arizona, to the uh, high peaks and mountains of Colorado, to, to where I hunt in Montana. It's, it's a lighter color, and it picks up a lot of the tans in there, also has some greens, but just a great pattern. And then the gear itself, uh, they've just been evolving this gear for years to find the best fabrics, the best fit, the best performance. And, and like I say, it's technical mountaineering gear. And, and this gear really keeps me out there longer, keeps me comfortable, and, and also keeps me safe. Um, so they've got a different system for every different season. And, and I just, I build these systems one piece at a time, one layer at a time. And so what I do is I look at my system and see what I need to upgrade the most. But I, I, I love their hot weather gear. They've got their, their lightweight hoodie, their ascent pants. It breathes so well. I can hunt 100 degrees hunting antelope or, or mule deer in early season in Nevada and, and keep comfortable and it breathes and the air moves through it. Uh, all the way to the to the late season. Uh, I've been hunting November mule deer. I've got a January hunt coming up. And, and this stuff just keeps me warm and safe. Uh, I love their new insulating layer. 
um, man, this this Kelvin light. They have a jacket and, and a set of pants. The jacket only weighs 17 ounces. The pants is 14 ounces. And then they have a mix of, of goose down and synthetic. But basically, you know, this layer, you get the, the, the warmth to weight ratio of a really good goose down. But you get the, the, the weather performance, like a performing when wet of a synthetic. They've just, they have outdone themselves with this insulating layer. I'm so in love with it. Uh, and, and really, the pants and the jacket rode in my pack all year long from my first hunt in August all the way to my last hunt. I never took them out. Uh, for me, you know, those layers being able to stop on the vantage point, keep warm, or when I when I stop moving to be able to put those on and be warm is just an absolute game changer. But if you guys are in the market for any new gear, make sure to check out Sitka. They're building the best technical mountaineering gear on the planet. So uh, thanks to those guys for sponsoring the podcast. I really appreciate it. And with that, um, man, yeah, finished up my, uh, my November hunt. Um, here in my home state, gosh, what a great hunt and, um, able to arrow that, that really nice heavy buck. I, I did that podcast, that solo last week. Um, kind of just going through my late season, but yeah, just had so much fun. And, and now I, I find myself getting back to training and, um, running, setting up that, that brand new V3 from Matthews. What a shooter that thing is. And, uh, just getting ready for this. Um, I've got that one hunt left in January, but that pretty much wraps up the 2020 season. And, Man, I start off, um, you know, uh, double zeros here for 2021. You know, it's uh, I, I got to start all over. All the work begins again. The scouting, the research, but I, I just love, I, I love the entire process of being a bow hunter. So we're coming into tag season, and now it's fun to play with um, all the different tags and opportunities and hunts and and part of the fun is thinking that you might draw that tag and and looking into these mountain range and studying them and um man i'm really impressed that onyx has this new 3d feature that's just amazing for scouting so i've been using that scouting up for this january hunt just getting back to to training and and starting to think about next year and what a great season it was. Just so much great time with family and friends and some good success along the way and, and some heartache too. I, I think you got to have the lows to have the highs. So, uh, you know, I had a couple misses this season and, and um, man, it's just part of it. It's it's just archery hunting. It's so extremely difficult uh, that, you know, you're going to come across some failures along the way, at least for me. But, uh, man, what an awesome season. So, um yeah, well, this this podcast is awesome. I uh, really appreciate appreciate Mike Lum, Ryan Muncy. Uh, really enjoyed Ryan's book, and we talk about it in the podcast. But yeah, this is this is just a great conversation. Uh, I picked up some great things. I I took my own notes during this podcast uh, so I could revisit them, and uh, actually need to listen back to this entire podcast again. Um, cause there's just so much great information in it, but, uh, really appreciate you guys really appreciate the support on the podcast and, um, man, it just means the world to me. I just, uh, I love doing this each and every week and, um, yeah, I just appreciate the downloads and, uh, appreciate you guys following the podcast and shouting it out. So, um, let's get into this podcast. So Mike Lum, Ryan Muncy, uh, this is Eastman's Elevated and I'm your host, Brian Barney. Here we go. Okay, I'm live. 
I've got my buddy Mike Lum on, and then uh, I've got a, a new friend that he introduced me to that I'm partway through his book right now, Ryan Muncy. So uh, thanks a bunch, you guys, for taking the time and being on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us, Brian. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having us on, Brian. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so, uh, gosh, we were just chatting before the podcast, and you guys already have me fired up. So um, you guys both do uh, uh, coaching and nutrition and, and in performance, and uh, Mike was just stating to me that, that us backcountry hunters uh, treating our bodies like we're high-level athletes, and um, I just couldn't eat that up anymore, Mike. I, I think that's uh, such a great idea and theory, and there's so much in nutrition and Ryan, I know your background is in nutrition and performance. And, and then you speak at seminars all over, have written your book. Uh, and then you also have a, a podcast, the better human project. Um, so yeah, I just couldn't be more excited to get you guys on and start the conversation. So, uh, Ryan, you just kind of started or just found your way to, uh, Western style hunting. Is that right? That's correct. So, um, I, I'm in Virginia right now. I grew up in Virginia. Um, I grew up hunting and fishing here. So, I mean, hunting isn't really new to me, um, but Western hunting is. And so uh, I always joke people and, uh, you know, it, I don't know how far through the book you are, um, but, you know, talking there about being a little bit ADD um, and, you know, hooking my brain up to, you know, QEEG and getting all the readings. But, the idea of sitting in a tree stand all day long is uh, is agony to me, and so so I've I've always wanted to uh, to be able to go out west and, and hunt and um, you know like Mike told you before we started recording you know he and I had uh, you know had some contact and some communication uh, prior to you know last year and uh, he was like man if you ever want to come out here and, and you know go fishing or, or hunting you know let me know and I was like yeah I don't have to think about that I do I want and, um, you know, so he's kind of guided me through the process of, you know, I, well, we got to get a tag and do this. And so, you know, I got a tag, I got the general elk tag from Montana, um, last year. So 2019 was the first year I had that tag and came out and, uh, and spent a week out there, uh, during rifle season, uh, hunting with Mike and, uh, I, man, and I, I was, I was hooked from day one. It was just, I loved everything about it. Um, and, uh, I also got my butt kicked, um, you know, as you said, my uh, my background in, in nutrition, um, uh, that's what my degree is in. Um, you know, I used to own a gym. So, you know, like that, the idea of health and fitness performance, I mean, that's that's where I've spent the last, you know, 10, 12 years of my life. And, you know, I felt like I was prepared. I felt like I would, you know, be able to go out there and, you know, do whatever I needed to do. And <laughs> I think the morning of the second day, Mike is probably thinking in his head, he's like, man, am I going to have to carry this dude off the mountain today? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so, unfortunately, he didn't have to, but um, it, it may have adjusted our plans for day three and four. Um, he hasn't told me that, but I'm pretty sure it did. Um, so, you know, I, I've spent the last year, you know, completely changing my training. I, I joke and say, uh, um, you know, prior to that, I was the guy that said anything over eight reps is cardio. Um, and you know, that kind of mindset definitely came back to, to hurt me or haunt me. Um, you know, when, when I got into, uh, what we now know as an endurance, um, pursuit and, 
you know, so for the last year, I've completely changed the way I train and, and it's been a blast to, you know, have something to train for again. And, you know, I, I love listening to you on your podcast, talk about, you know, running and hiking and, you know, doing what you do to get ready. And, you know, I'm doing the same thing. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, I'll just, I'll wrap it up and say, you know, we're, we're in, we're on the same page in terms of thinking about, you know, hunting as, uh, an endurance event and, and you know if it is going to be an endurance event why not think of yourself as a performance athlete why not try to make you know we spend all of our time uh you know thinking about our our archery setup and our arrows and our, our bows and you know you want the best equipment uh you know rifle scope spotting scope you want the best gear you know the lightest clothing and tents and all this stuff and like why not make yourself the strongest, lightest, uh, you know, have the best stamina, you know, fuel the right way. Like, I, I, you know, just to me, it's like, why would you not make sure you're not the weakest link? Oh man. Uh, spot on. Yeah. And when you couldn't have a better mentor in Mike, uh, Mike, you've just been an animal, like on the rivers and in the mountains. Like I, I remember running into you on backcountry trails, uh, yeah. way back in the day. It had to be 15, right. 20 years ago, running into yeah. each other on the same trails, chasing elk back there. Um, but, yeah. but how cool that you guys were able to link up and how cool Mike, that you're able to kind of, uh, uh, mentor Ryan into this this passion and it it's so great to find that in your life I'm so excited to hear that that Ryan has that passion for it and and you're training for it and thinking about it like I'm I'm glad it grabbed a hold of you and you said you have something to train for again something to train to be good at or be better at and um, man I, I just think it's so important for us guys or us humans to to have these these, these things that we're passionate about that we love so Mike good on you introducing him to it and um, helping mentor him into the sport of backcountry hunting because I know you absolutely love it yeah and, and you know it is it's really good to have someone else that I'm accountable to as well because you know you kind of ebb and flow over the years and, and I've I've spent a lot of time in the backcountry a lot of time chasing elk but you know I, you know life kind of gets in the way of things too and you know to have someone who's as stoked about it at this point as ryan is it sort of renewed my passion in it too and you know i'm i'm super fired up about it again as well you know more so than i than i have been in the past few years so yeah it's it's helpful in in, in all respects like that um you know and i, I just want to kind of reiterate what what ryan said there you know is is kind of my you know overarching you know kind of point to people when we start talking about, you know, what we're doing and feel the pursuit and, and, you know, making this connection between backcountry hunters and performance and, and athletes and whatnot, you know, like Ryan said, you know, so many guys who see and, and follow on social media or whatever, they're, they're, they're spending a ton of money on bows and, or guns and gear, you know, can the best camo, the, you know, the best, all the best stuff. They've got a, you know, $60,000 truck and they've got these, you know, $500 tents and $300 sleeping bags and all this stuff, all this gear. And then they, and then they're, you know, sitting there eating pop tarts and filling their packs with Twinkies or, or, or Snickers or whatever the case may be, you know, backcountry me have freeze-dried meals and stuff. And to me, like, what's, what is going to get you up to where the elk live? Is it, is it your, you know, $5,000 rifle and scope? Is it your $2,000 bow or your, or your $600 pack? No, it's your legs. It's your, it's your, it's your lungs, right? It's your endurance. And all of that is, is directly impacted by what you put into your body. 
And so to me, that's a, that's a pretty huge disconnect. And that's really what Ryan and I want to, and are really passionate about addressing. Wow. Yeah. So, so this project that you're talking about, Mike, this, um, fuel to pursuit, um, fuel, fuel, the pursuit, you know? fuel, the pursuit. Yeah. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, over the course of, of hunting together a couple of times now and in conversations and whatnot, um, <clears throat> Ryan and I have really decided to kind of start formalizing, you know, uh, putting together some programming around, you know, putting this information out and, and making it available and, and starting to teach teach people, you know, what it is they can do and why they might want to do it around backcountry performance and, and athletic performance and really treating themselves, you know, backcountry users and hunters treating themselves more like athletes. So we're, we're putting together this, uh, you know, Ryan and I are partnering on this company called Fuel the Pursuit. And at this point, we're, we're the, our first sort of offering is we're putting together some online curriculum and we, we're going to offer <clears throat> an online course to people, um, to, you know, people that are interested and want to kind of, you know, dip their toe in and start learning about some of this stuff. Um, you know, we, we, like Ryan said, we, I think we had a, a live event on the books, um, last spring in April, but had to kind of cancel that, uh, due to COVID, but we, we really want to kind of do some of those as well. Um, and, and really start to kind of get the word out. And, you know, I, I think there's such a big opportunity, you know, here because, you know, guys like us, really are passionate about this stuff, do this stuff, and, and really have a lot to offer, whether it's guys who've been doing it for a long time and want to keep doing it for, you know, till, till, they're, till they're older, or young guys that are coming up that just want to be the best they can possibly be and be as successful as, as they can possibly be. You know, and, and there's a lot of guys out there teaching, you know, how to hunt elk, how to call elk, you know, how to find them, e-scouting and all this other stuff. And it's it's really... This other big piece that in, in my mind, and certainly Ryan's, and it sounds like your, your mind too, Brian, is this performance piece. And all these other pieces about, you know, learning how to, you know, e-scout and find elk and find where they're at, you know, and, and maybe call them and all the other aspects of hunting. That's all great. I mean, you need to know that stuff. But really, you know, none of that matters in my mind if you can't, if you don't have the endurance to get up to where they live. So that's kind of where we're coming from with this with this idea of fuel the pursuit and this company that we're we're starting. Man, I love that, guys. Yeah, um, you're you're so right. There's so much emphasis on on all these other facets of, of hunting, and and really, it I mean, it comes down to to ourselves. And I, you know, I learned this lesson um, uh, a lot of years ago where. Um, so I was starting the hunting season, and I was young, and I was a carpenter, and I didn't make much money. And I thought I needed all this gear. And there is, you know, a, a bar for entry for gear. But I think, like, you yeah. try to update one or two pieces a year to kind of build your system. But really, it comes down to being able to have the time to be able to go out there. And it comes down to your your mental fortitude and, and then your body performing. And that nutrition is is such a big component of that, like the – the, the the better fuel you put in your body, just the, the the better you feel up there, the the better endurance, the better recovery you have, so you can go day in day out. And I talk about it all the time. I've ran marathons and ultra marathons, and and while they're extremely difficult and they take mental fortitude, and but but that's one day of exertion, or that's four hours for a marathon, or three hours for a marathon, like that backcountry hunting. You know, it, it, it's day in, day out and it's, it's weight on your back and it's elevation. And just like you learned Ryan in the very beginning, like you, 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 
we all think we're in good shape, but the mountains will humble us. That elevation, <laughs> yeah. that weight on our back, like that is extremely yeah. difficult day in, day out. It's taxing. And, and so we need to make sure that, you know, not only are we training right for it and getting our heads right, but that we're fueling our bodies the right way. So I, I just think that's so important. So um, I, I think it all starts uh, uh, with the mind. Wouldn't you agree, Ryan? Yeah, absolutely. And and I just, you know, before we, we get into that side of it, I just want to kind of add to what Mike was saying that, you know, it really, the idea for Fuel to Pursuit kind of came from, and, you know, that's, like, I'm not going to put anything in my body that below whatever my standard is. And I realize everybody has a different standard. And I kind of look at it like a spectrum. You know, on one end, you might have, uh, you know, stare at the sun level of intensity. And on the other end, you may have, you know, I have no idea, you know, what to even eat. Um, and and everybody is somewhere on that. And so it's, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I want everybody to know that, you know, there, there's no judgment, right? There's just, you know, you do you. But I know that there are a lot of people that want to do better and want to fuel themselves better. Um, and, you know, the mindset side of it is just it's this commitment to a standard. And I think what's interesting to me is, you know, like we've kind of alluded to already, we hear that kind of standard, if you will, talked about in so many other aspects of hunting. Right. Like, you know, you're not going to take a shot with your bow beyond a certain range. Right. Like you have an ethical standard of, you know, I want to know that I can hit, uh, you know, uh, a, a three inch, um, you know, uh, your your grouping is, is three inches at, you know, 50 yards or whatever your own standard is to say, OK, I'm comfortable shooting at that distance, um, you know, in the field or, you know, uh, a sub MOA grouping with a rifle at 300 yards or or whatever, to be able to say, okay, I'm comfortable taking that shot. You know, that's a standard. You're, you're committed to that. Um, and it's, it's kind of, it, you know, you're talking about transferring some of these things, right? And, and it, that was one of the things you, you brought up in the top is, you know, how this transfers to every aspect of our life. And so, you know, you have certain standards of, you know, this is where, you know, I'm committed to being uh, at this level with my nutrition. I'm committed to being at this level with my fitness. I'm committed to being at this level of, you know, e-scouting and, you know, it's the same thing with I'm committed to being at this level in my relationships and, you know, in my personal development or, you know, spiritual growth or, you know, if it's faith or, you know, whatever all of those pillars are, um, you know, that that we would use. Everybody has their own visualization, uh, you know, for like your, your entire life, right, whether it's columns or spheres or, you know, areas of life. And, um I think I'm rambling, so I'm going to turn it back over to you. <laughs> I just, I just wanted, to, I just wanted to build a little bit and, and take it a little bit farther in what Ryan was saying there, you know, and, and what you asked about Ryan about mindset. So, you know, one, one of the ideas, you know, and Ryan says this a lot. We talk about this a lot. You know, your outputs you, from, you know, from your physiological, psychological, emotional outputs are, are directly related to your inputs, and and all that means is that whatever you put in your body is going to affect what comes out. Whether that's, you know, whether that's physical output, whether that's emotional output, whether that's psychological output. And to make that connection, okay, between what we're talking about, you know, on the nutrition side to what you're talking about on, on, the, on the mental side, the mindset side of it. So 
you know, I think probably all of us who spend any time in the backcountry chasing elk in particular, you know, we're out there and, and we may not have seen anything for a day or two days or four days or five days or more, right? And we just not seeing what we want to be seeing out there and we're hiking and we're, we're doing it we're getting up early every day out of the tent you know and and we're, we're getting sore and we're, we're you know we got it we got to you know motivation is a huge aspect of what we do out there like you got to get up one more morning because this could be the morning that we find that 380 bull right this could be the morning that we climb to the top of that next mountain and we're looking for and you know having that motivation you know that yes there's a big psychological aspect to that but that is also directly and intrinsically related to what we're eating and people don't make that connection right if we're eating crap we're going to feel like crap right and 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 the the more crap we eat the sooner we're going to feel like crap right and so the better we eat the better our inputs the longer we can maintain that focus that motivation all those things that it takes to be successful in the mountains and so it's not just one or the other yes there are ways to build you know endurance and and mental fortitude and grit there are ways to work on those things sort of in isolation apart from what we're doing what we're, what we're putting in our body as far as food or whatever but but to do it all at the same time now you're talking about something that the sum is greater than the whole of the parts right because now you're putting you're, you know you're starting to think about the food aspect of it as well and your inputs are dialed you know, and whether that's, you know, whatever that may look like for, for you, you know, and like Ryan said, it's a spectrum, right? We're, we're not expecting everybody to, you know, go fully organic, grass-fed, blah, 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 keto, this and that. You know, there's, there's all a time and a place for all those things. And there, you know, there's a lot of tools in the toolbox that Ryan can share, that Ryan and I can share. But <clears throat> ultimately, it is, it is how you can be better in, in whatever it is you're doing, right? And, and, you know, food is one aspect of that. Mental fortitude, mindset, grit is another aspect of that. You know, physical fitness and endurance is another aspect of that. And how can we raise the bar in all of those different things to, to you know, allow us to be more successful in what, we, what it is we want to do? That's really well said and well explained, you guys. I, uh, Mike, I, I love uh, uh, what you're talking about when, when you talk about uh, input in and output out. And, and you're right. Like, fatigue makes cowards of us all. If, if we feel... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if we feel crappy, if we're fatigued, all of a sudden we're not making good decisions. We're not as motivated. We're not as driven. We're not going to be as efficient of a hunters. No matter no matter what kind of shape we're in, what kind of skill set we have, how good we can shoot a bow, if we're fatigued, it makes cowards of us all. We make cowardly right. decisions, and so part of this part of this whole. Uh, a piece of being a, an efficient backcountry hunter is feeling good all the time to make these good decisions and always wanting to go over the next ridge and go look for that bull or put out that that output, like be able to to put out that that energy to go look for those animals. And two, I just enjoy it better. And and yeah. I I also like what you guys said, like it's a spectrum, like. Uh, uh, you don't have to be all the way one way. It's it's like um, making small improvements, and I know I've definitely had to make adjustments to my backcountry diet because it does get tougher to eat good food back in the backcountry and still fuel yourself. And 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 at least for me, like uh, the the output that I have with training and then backcountry hunting, like I need some carbs as well. And so like I'm somewhere in that spectrum, but I've definitely made this this conscious effort to be fueling my body the right way with the right foods. And, and I feel better. Like I feel better now 
at 40 than I did at 30 or at 25. And, and part of that is like all these different pillars that you're talking about and nutrition is a big one of those. So yeah. I, I just don't think you can overstate the importance of that. I think that's, um, I think you guys are absolutely spot on, like tying everything together as a whole to be a better hunter and also a better person and just feel better and make better decisions. So, uh, man, you guys are spot on. Like, uh, you're really on to something with this nutrition. So, um, so we talk about nutrition. Where can guys get started? Where are some good resources? Like, what would you recommend to somebody that doesn't know anything about nutrition but wants to start making some of these positive changes? So, uh, Ryan, if you could start off and just give me some advice. Yeah, so I, I think, and this is not intended to, to ruffle feathers, um, but I, I, like like we kind of alluded to earlier, the reason that we decided to start a company called Fuel to Pursuit is that we felt like there wasn't a great resource for uh, backcountry hunters, um, and, and not just hunters, but, you know, we don't want this to, to be, um, exclusive of, um, you know, all the other people who enjoy, uh, you know, the wilderness and, and backcountry sports, right? So, you know, hikers, backpackers, you know, kayakers, climbers, I mean, anybody that's, you know, going on, you know, a self-supported, uh, adventure. Um, you know, we want to provide the resources for, for those individuals to be able to think of and, uh, fuel themselves like, you know, high performance athletes. And so, um, we, we just sweet talked the former owner of the domain fuel, the pursuit.com into giving us that domain. Um, so fuel, the pursuit.com hopefully will be, uh, the place, uh, in the future that, that, you know, folks can go to get that information. Um, and like Mike said earlier, you know, we're going to, we're going to start off with some kind of online curriculum there to, um, Really, the place we would start that conversation is something that, that you had actually mentioned, Brian, before we hit record, um, you know, and it's a concept that Mike and I refer to as metabolic flexibility. And, you know, that is the human body's innate ability to utilize both carbohydrates and stored body fat or even dietary, like the, the fat that we eat um, as a fuel source. And, um, you know, the ability to be able to switch back and forth um, almost in real time. And, you know, that is an extremely valuable um, asset, you know, that, that we have if our metabolisms, if our bodies are um, functioning as they should be. Um, unfortunately, most, especially most Americans, um, have eaten such a carb heavy diet for so long that we've lost that ability to, um, to switch fuel sources. And uh, a great example of that would be the, the endurance, um, I guess the, the sport of endurance, um, if you will, where you think about um, an entire industry has been built on our inability to switch fuel sources. And that is the energy drink and energy goo slash gel industry, right? We, if you go to any 10K or half marathon or marathon, you're going to see, you know, tons of people who think that they can't go for an hour, two hours, four hours, a constant IV drip. The body is designed to not have to do that. 
Um, and because we, as I said, have, have lived uh, and followed the standard American diet for so long, most people have lost that ability. And you know, I think that's something that, that you know of. Uh, you know that very well, Brian, because you, you said before we even hit record, um, you know, that Got booted. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah I got you. Sorry it cut <laughs> right, out there, um, Ryan. But uh, yeah. yeah, you were saying before we started about being fat adapted. Yeah. So, and to like Mike said, to, you know, to hear you make a statement like that, even before we get into this conversation is like music to our ears because it's like, oh, finally somebody in, in this space, like is aware of this and, and, and knows, you know, how much of an asset that is. And, um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm dying to know, you know, how you utilize that not only in the mountains, but, you know, this is kind of one of those things where, you know, like you, like Mike was saying with, with grit and mindset, it's one if you don't train for that, if you don't teach your body to be able to do in the off season before the trip, you're not going to be able to do it when you need to. Um, because the body just, it, it has to learn how to do that. You actually have to become fat adapted. Like that, that training is the adaptation process. Uh, so now when you are fat adapted, um, you can tap into that stored body fat for fuel. And just real quick, I'll give people an example of, of what this looks like. Um, we can store carbohydrates in our muscles as glycogen and, and, uh, the act person let's let's say the average person can store like two to four hundred uh, grams of carbohydrates in their muscle as glycogen um, and the amount that we can store depends on our amount of muscle mass so you know if I'm a 200 pound man I can probably store more glycogen than a 150 pound man right um, even at 400 grams of glycogen as a storage capacity um, there are four calories in a gram of carbohydrates so if I can store 400 and they each have four calories, that's 1,600 calories that I'm going to store. Now, you know, in the backcountry, you're going to burn 5,000, 6,000, 8,000 calories a day, depending on the day. Um, and so 1,600 calories is gone, you know, in a morning hike, right? Um, and so then what do you do, right? And so this is the entire energy gel, energy drink industry, right? You run out, you drink more, run out, eat more, drink more, right? And, and you're on that sugar or glucose cycle where if we run out, we don't know what to do until we get more. And if we don't have more, then we just bonk. Um, and that's exactly what a bonk is, right? And so that demonstrates that individual's inability to, in, in real time, switch fuel sources. If that, that individual were fat adapted, then when you run out of glycogen or glucose, you can switch to the other fuel pathway, which um, without having to stop and eat. And so with, with body fat, let's say take that same 200 pound man as our example. And let's say he's at 10% body fat. 200 pounds is still, it's 20 pounds. So this person is carrying 20 pounds of fat on their frame. So it, it, again, like we're, we're talking to people who, you know, weigh the their backpacks and, you know, you weigh everything you're carrying, right? Well, you're carrying 20 pounds of stored energy, right? Even if you're at 10% body fat, 
you know, as your body fat goes up, you're carrying more. Um, so 20 pounds times there's 454 grams in a pound. Uh, there are nine calories per gram of carbohydrates. So 454 times nine times 20 pounds. We did the math one time and it's something like, you know, 80,000 calories, right? So you have way more energy available to you if you have the physiological health to be able to transfer or, or switch fuel sources. Um, and, and so that's what fat adaption allows us to do. Um, and, you know, just one other thing to point out within that, there are nine calories per gram of fat. There are four calories per gram of carbohydrates. So if you're trying to pack food for the backcountry and you're worried about weight, you get 2.25 times the amount of calories, gram for gram, when you pack fat versus packing carbs. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Um, fat is way better than carbs in the backcountry. Okay. Uh, you guys are speaking my language, though. I love this. I, I love being able to make this seamless transfer and uh, be able to burn both, both fuel sources. And you're right. It's like you have to train it because when you get that bonk, our, our bodies are so used to having – a constant stream of these carbs or uh, of this glucose to be able to burn. And so our bodies get used to burning that for energy. And, and when that runs out, our bodies scream at us. We get hungry. We bonk. Our energy goes down. It tells us, well, we need more of these, you know? And so people are trying to eat as much as they can, but just like you stated, Ryan, like on a backcountry hunt, um, you're going to be calorie deficient. You're going to burn more calories than you're putting in. You can't put in enough calories. And, and right. so your your body has to make this transfer over. And if your body's not used to transferring over and burning fats, uh, it makes that transfer really hard. And you're low on energy. You don't feel right. You feel like you need to eat. And, and you bonk, just like you stated. Yep. But when you teach your body to transfer over and burn these fats and through – uh, fasting through uh, 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 timed eating, you know, where you a uh, 16-hour window of not eating, an eight-hour window of eating, and then also for me, it's like fasted runs. It's um, I just get used to it. And people told me my whole life breakfast was the most important meal of the day. You got to eat breakfast, and I never did. And I had these guilty feelings that I that I wasn't treating my body right. And now as I start to read new literature, it tells me, no, that that's a good thing, that, that being able to, to have your body transfer over to burning fats and, and being this um, fuel adapted is a good thing. And it is. I see the effects of it, and I've really paid attention to it like the last five years or so where I train for it, where I do fasted runs in the morning, and I, uh, I, I push my body – and I make it transfer over. And the more you make it transfer over and do this, the more of a seamless transition it is where I don't even notice it anymore. I don't bonk or I don't run out. My body just transfers over. And, and like you say, you've got this fat storage uh, 80,000 calories is the number that you mentioned, but you've got this this source of fuel that never runs out, that you can just go and go and go in the mountains and always feel good. And it it's – um. Uh, it's such an asset in the backcountry chasing critters because you don't have time to stop and eat when you're chasing a herd of elk. You know, you you, you don't you, you can't put in enough calories because you're at this calorie deficit. So your body's got to be able to transfer over. And, and I just love what you're stating of being able to train your body to do that seamlessly. 
uh, is such an asset for backcountry hunters. So, man, I just couldn't agree more. Uh, uh, what what a what a great theory. And and Mike, I'm sure you see the benefits of this in elk country as well, right? <clears throat> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's you know <laughs> we we talk quite a bit uh, you know about about you know this big four letter word um keto these days and i'm sure you know most people these days have heard about the keto diet and you know ketosis and whatnot and you know for for ryan and i it, it's really it's really kind of a tool in the toolbox right and and so like you know we, we've talked a little bit about, about about the process of becoming fat adapted and you know how that might work and and what that might look like and you know it, it's really it, you know I, I understand if people sort of are turned off by the idea of, of the ketogenic diet and, and all this. I, I get that because there's a lot of marketing hype around it. There's a lot of there's a lot of misinformation out there around it. Um, but you know, it certainly has a lot of value when we're talking about you know the things we're talking about endurance in the backcountry. Certain you know specific types of of endurance exercise. Um, and, and it's got that, but it's also got, got some other really interesting things. And I think we, we touched a little bit that we're calling off. It was, uh, before we hit play or not, but, but inflammation reduction, you know, is, is one of the key things that, that having some ketones present and, and ketones and to go back a little bit are sort of analogous to glucose in our systems. It's, 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 it's the, the, the substrate that we use as energy that, that our body produces from, from burning fat. That's, that's ketones. Um, <clears throat> And so the presence of ketones in our blood has a, a lot of other really, really good effects. And like I said, you know, mitigating inflammation is one of them. Um, and, and the other thing that, that is really key and that, that, that Ryan, I think, can probably speak to this a little bit more because he's actually experienced this and used it is, is people, uh, this is not a really common thing to, to sort of understand and know about, about, you know, using ketosis, using fat adaptation is, you know, w when our bodies use ketones as an energy source we actually you know we actually are able to get more energy per unit of ketones uh with less oxygen utilization than we are when we use when we use glycogen um when we use glucose for for energy so meaning you know when we burn these fuel substrates whether it's ketones or whether it's it's glycogen glucose <clears throat> um we're using oxygen as part of that process obviously you know and so we need we need oxygen as part of that but but we need less oxygen when we're when we're using ketones than we do as when we're, when we're using glucose if that makes sense wow. um and and so and so that's what Mike's talking about is, is sorry to jump in, Mike, but that's no it's crucial. It's crucial when you're at altitude, right? Because there's less oxygen in the air. And the reason Mike said that that I can attest to this is, you know, I don't live out there where you guys live. I'm training at sea level, and so when I come out there to hunt, I have to get acclimated to, you know, five thousand, seven thousand, eight thousand, ten thousand feet, wherever we might be. Um, and so, you know, immediately getting out there, there's uh, I forget the numbers, but it's 10, 15%, maybe 20% less oxygen every time I breathe, even at, you know, 5,000 feet. Um, and so, uh, like Mike said, we're, we're using this as a tool. Um, you know, I don't eat keto year round or all the time, but when I'm on a backcountry hunt, I do, uh, because it has a lot of these benefits that Mike's talking about. And, you know, like I said, I can, and, and I'm, again, like I'm such a nerd with this stuff and, and, if you want to see the spreadsheet, I'm happy to share it with you and, and listeners, Brian, but I've got, um, Mike and I have figured out a way to get like 4,600 calories a day at less than two pounds a day for food. 
Um, and, and it's because, you know, like I said earlier, we can get so many calories, um, gram for gram by using fat. So you can get more calories with less weight. You can reduce inflammation, which helps your joints. Um, you can, you know, benefits to oxygen consumption and kind of mitigate uh, some of that effects of altitude. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, there's just a lot of reasons that this is such a valuable tool in our toolkit. Wow, that's amazing. That's something that, that I, I haven't read or I haven't picked up on, that it takes less oxygen um, uh, to fuel like when you're burning your fats like that. That That's crazy because oxygen is the key. Oxygen to your muscles is the key. And when, you, when you're pushing that limit, um, it's like altitude. I, I'm the, mm -hmm. the same way as I get to live at altitude and train at altitude, which is great. Five to seven thousand feet, five to eight thousand feet. So I'm really used to that. But in some of these Colorado high country hunts where I go twelve, thirteen thousand feet, you know, and even ten thousand feet or eleven thousand. Uh, I did a marathon one time at uh, above 10,000 feet, and I <laughs> I thought I was going to finish at around uh, three hours and 30 minutes, and I finished at five hours and 30 minutes. Like it was it was one of the most grueling marathons I had ever run just because of that altitude. And so, yeah, if you're telling me that, that <clears throat> being fat adapted like that, like burning that fuel takes less oxygen, um, you're just going to be more efficient and feel better because that – yeah, that altitude, it takes a wear on you, and it's really tough to describe to people, but it's like this this overall weight on you. Like your your muscles get fatigued easier. They start burning, and they're on fire like way sooner than they would be at lower elevations. And, and there's all these side effects that come along with it too that, that add to that, like uh, – uh, sleep deprivation and 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 I'm not as hungry at altitude. Well, all those things are are taking more of a wear on my body because I'm not sleeping. I'm not recovering like I should the first handful of days. Also, I'm not eating enough because uh, my appetite is suppressed. You know, and so to be able to have to train your body to be able to burn those fats, transfer seamlessly, uh, is such an asset in the backcountry. But it's such an asset at at high altitude. Uh, I just think that's so important and such a great point that you guys made. You know, and, and the other thing I want, I want to kind of go back to this a little bit too, is, is, you know, you think about whether it's someone like Ryan, you know, coming out here to hunt or anyone come, coming from, you know, closer to sea level and coming out to Montana or Colorado to hunt, you know, you're, you're spending a bunch of money, right? W whether you're doing it yourself or you're going with an outfitter or whatever, you know, you're spending a ton of money on the trip itself, Right. And so much of it is dependent on how you were able to perform in the backcountry. And that's, that's why we want to get this information out. And we think it's so critical is because any little thing you can do to increase your performance once you get to a place, I mean, it's difficult to train like, I mean, it's almost impossible to train like you're at, at, at five to 8,000 feet when you're at sea level. I mean, there's things you can do to sort of mimic it a little bit, but ultimately it's, it's almost impossible to, to really replicate that at sea level. And so any little thing you can do to, to increase your performance once you get here, that's, you're, you're just going to be, your odds of success are going to go up incrementally at that point. So that's why this is so critical. You're, you're, you know, you're already, you know, you're, you're buying gear, you're, you're buying tags, you're buying plane tickets, you're driving, whatever the case may be, spending all this other money once you get out here. And then if you do all that and you get out of here and you can't hike up the mountains, none of it's going to do you any good. 
right? <laughs> so, so that's the whole point here is, you know, to, to put some thought into this in my mind and in my, Ryan's mind and obviously yours too, Brian, this is critical stuff. This is not just like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to plan this hunt is my, you know, once in a lifetime hunt or once every few years hunt. And I'm going to spend all this money putting it together. And then as an afterthought on the way out, I'm going to grab what I'm going to eat on the hunt on the gas station. Like that to me is like, wait a minute, <laughs> you're missing a big piece of this here. So that's, that's really what we want to talk to people about. Boy, and, and you're spot on. There's so many guys out there that spend so much time, you know, training, thinking about it, preparing yeah. for these hunts, having all the right gear, doing their map research. And, yeah, they stop at a gas station or they stop at McDonald's on the way and they're drinking Red Bulls and they're, they're not packing the right fuels in and they're just not optimizing what they can do. You know, they, some of these guys still find success and, and uh, still yeah. find enjoyment in the mountains, but they're not optimizing it. And, and there's nothing like optimizing your body and, and feeling good in the mountains. Gosh, when you're in ripping shape and your body feels right in the mountains, there's just absolutely no stopping me. You know, it's yeah. like, a, there, I, I will not take defeat as an answer. Like I just, I just find a way, you know, it, it but a big part of that is feeling good in the mountains. And, um, it, it's such a shock to the system at altitude or in the mountains. It's so, uh, removed from our everyday life and our, you know, we, we may work out here and, and put some strain on our bodies, but it's nothing like that mountain puts on us as sleeping back there and hiking back there day in, day out. And so, yeah, just the, the better we can treat our bodies and the better we can be prepared for that, the, the more effective and efficient we're going to be. So I, I just love this guys. So, so Ryan, how much better did you feel this year coming back for your second year of Western hunting, being able to train all year long specifically for it and knowing what you were getting into? Uh, how much better did you feel this year? It was night and day difference. Um, I mean, it, it was, it was amazing. Um, I even, I mean, Mike and I, we, we kind of touched on it and talked about it while we were out there, but I mean, you know, and, and I make the joke, but I mean, it, it's not a joke. It was serious that, you know, last year we were definitely limited in what we could do because of, you know, my physical ability. Um, I feel like this year, um, and I'll be back out there for rifle season in a few weeks. And, you know, I truly feel like I, I can go anywhere and do any thing and and that that won't be a, a limiting factor and you know that's that's a great uh, um it, it just feels great to be able to to know that and and think that and uh, um you know to be able to say like you know wherever we need to go we can go and we can get there um you know i was listening to your recap from i don't know it was two or three episodes ago but the one where your bike broke down and you were like 15 miles out or, or something and you know mike you know, if that had happened to me last year, like, I don't know if I could have gotten back. I mean, I could have, but it would have taken a long time. And now it's just like, all right, well, here we go. Um, and, and something else that, that kind of contributes to that is, you know, we, we've been, we kind of touched on mindset a little bit, but, you know, the brain is, is one of, like, it, it is the organ that uses the most energy. Um, so as we're talking about, you know, being in caloric deficits and making sure we get enough calories and making sure that, you know, we can have the energy to do the things we need to do. You know, if you're in a deficit, if you're not getting the, the energy, then, you know, your brain is running, um, you know, without the, the energy that it needs to function. And so cognitive function is down. And so, so many times, you know, in this conversation, we, we've talked about kind of, you know, how you feel 
And, you know, that's a huge part of the hunting experience as well as not just the day, but, you know, however long you're out there, um, there's so many ebbs and flows. And, and each one of those is a transient short-term, uh, you know, way of being. And, you know, um, I meant to ask you this before, but um, I know this is kind of a family podcast. So how would you like me to, to say the title of my book? Oh, I think we just say it and we uh, preface it at the beginning of the of the podcast. But yeah, your book, uh, fuck your feelings, right? Yeah. So, and that's that's really where you know the, the title of the book. Um, you know, it, it, there, there's there's a much deeper meaning to it, and I think you, you you have gotten through enough of the book to where you understand that. But there's also you know the very surface level meaning, and you know, do you have the ability to say, well, you know, screw it, uh, you know. Um, and this, so the, the feelings are these short term transient ways of being. And, you know, the way that you feel now is different than the way you'll feel in 20 minutes and you'll feel differently in two hours. And that's so true of, you know, all those little micro moments on a hunt. And, you know, what I'm really trying to help people see in the book and in a lot of my work is that I want your actions to be aligned with your values not your feelings because your values, who you are, who Brian Barney is as a person doesn't change every two hours or every three hours based on how you feel. Right. And so what I want for, for everybody who's out there hunting and enjoying the backcountry is, you know, no matter how you feel, whether you're thirsty or tired or, or hungry or, or whatever, you know, fueling is part of avoiding those lows and, you know, feeling, you know, uh, optimizing the way that you can feel. But the mindset side of it is being able to push past those feelings, understanding that that's you know, kind of your limbic system, um, which is kind of the emotional center of our brain, as opposed to uh, the prefrontal cortex, which is logical and rational thought. I want you to be able to get to that part of you and align your decisions with your values and say, all right, well, you know what? Yeah, I'm tired, but this is the only week of the year that I get to be out here for this elk. And so you know, make a decision that you can live with a month from now and in six months from now, you know, not the one that just makes you feel comfortable right now. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I, I'm absolutely loving the book, the way you explain things and how the different systems of the brains work and why we make the decisions we do. And then also our feelings and where those come from. Uh, and, and that's what you wrote in the preface of the book is exactly what you just stated to me, you know, and and um, man, I like uh, being able to understand it. And, and the cool thing is, is like a, a lot of the things that you talk about and a lot of the uh, uh, a, a lot of the things in the book, uh, I already do. I, I just didn't understand why I do them or why that's important, you know, and it, it's so it's so great. Like you in this book, you lay out how to get mental toughness, you know, which is really tough to explain to guys, you know, and it it's um. You know, and it's through hardships and it's through being under uncomfortable, but it's also through discipline. And, and, and like you say, this, this, this greater uh, self-being and not letting these feelings control and dictate our, our, our actions, that, that we, you know, letting it align with our values. Like you say, like uh, being able to have this bigger goal in life and, and being able, you know, to, you know, like on these runs is one thing, you know, I can – 
you know, there's a lot of days that I feel like running and I always feel good when I get done with the run. But, you know, there's days where I need motivation as well, where I don't feel <laughs> like getting my running shoes on, where I don't feel like going for a run. And my brain can make up a million different excuses of I'm too busy or, you know, I've got to do this. But if I if I believe in my cause wholeheartedly like I do, like being the most efficient and effective backcountry hunter I can be, like like I, I push through that. I don't let my feelings dictate whether or not I'm going to run. I said I was going to run today. I know I need to run today. I know I'll feel better after I'm done. I'm just going to get out the door and go for this run. So I, I love how your book – uh, uh, describes and tells me like all the you have so many studies that you that you've um, that you've that you've stated in the book, but you, you pretty much gave me like the reasoning behind it or the mechanisms or how everything's working just so I can understand it better. And when I can understand it better, then I can I can analyze it better and I can realize that you know this is a feeling. This will pass. This is. Um, uh, I, I wish I could quote more of the but I wish I retained more of the information now as I'm sitting here talking to you but it's um, it it's so fascinating and I'm really digging it I just think it's a great step-by-step uh, -step basis of how to build mental toughness man so I'm really enjoying it awesome I, I love hearing that and that's I mean one of the not one of I mean the reason that I set out to write it was you know like I said I, I've had this background in, in nutrition and, and in the the gym you know, strength and conditioning world. And, um, you know, I sold my gym at, at the end of 2016 and, and spent a couple of years, you know, interviewing and, and talking to, you know, high performers and, and academics and researchers. And so, you know, I had this idea of, you know, the, the theory side of high performance. And then, you know, I've been able to work with Olympic athletes and Navy SEALs and, you know, all these other like high performers that it's exactly what you just said. Like you are a high performer, Brian, and you are doing a lot of these things. You just didn't understand why or, or kind of where those practices came from. And so, you know, the book was, was the ability to kind of overlay those two and say, you know, look, like this is what the research says. And then when we look at high performers, like this is what they're actually doing. And, um, you know, for me, it was, I just, I wanted to answer that question of, you know, so many people come to me and they say, well, I, I want to be a high performer. I want to, uh, I want to get a college scholarship. I want to, um, you know, lose weight. I want to do this. I want to do that. And so from a performance standpoint, um, or, or in achieving that, it, it really boiled down to what's between your ears. Um, and you know, it wasn't, it, I mean, look, it's, it, the X's and O's, the programs, the diets, I mean, that stuff's out there. It, it, there's there's any number of ways that you can get to your goal, um, you know, through those. What what really matters is do you have it between the ears, um, you know. And so that's what the book was. And so you know, to hear somebody like you read it and and have that kind of feedback is awesome. So I love hearing that. Man, well, and uh, Mike, I know the importance of the mental side of things. Like uh, last night, we did a fly fishing podcast, and I think it's the only fly fishing podcast I've done on the mental side of things. And so, uh, uh, Mike, uh, you practice these same habits in your everyday life, whether it's guiding or whether it's up on the mountain chasing elk or in your personal life, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, to kind of make that, and there's various different ways I do that, certainly, but um, to make, to make this connection to sort of maybe help solidify this connection, you know, for your listeners here about what we're kind of talking about. This is a great conversation, by the way. Um, you know, I kind of want to give this example 
and, and probably most of us, most of your listeners, I know the three of us have been in the situation where you're, you're you've spent several days in the backcountry, you're hunting, you're, you're working really hard, you're hiking, you haven't had much success, <clears throat> you know, and, and you might start be getting tired, you might be starting to get a little worn down, you know, your motivation might be lagging a little bit, and then all of a sudden, you hear a bugle from 200 yards away, or you see a flat, that tan flash, a patch of an elk butt going through the woods, a couple, you know, a hundred yards away and things immediately change, right? You're like super fired up. Your, your tired is completely gone. Your motivation goes through the roof. All of a sudden you are like Superman and you can run up that hill. And so what we're talking about here is both those states exist in us, right? Yeah. There's some adrenaline. Yeah. There's some other sort of hormonal things going on when we see that happen. But at the same time, both of those states exist within us at any given time. And part of what we're talking about here within Fuel the Pursuit, and Fuel the Pursuit is certainly nutrition and diet, that's a big part of it. But, but, but teaching people that, that not only do both those states exist within us at any given time, but how to access that other state, right? How to go from that, you know, that motivation starts to flag, that you're getting tired, you're getting, you know, you're kinda, you're kinda you know, your decision-making is kinda going out the window a little bit. And so yes, food is a part of that. But how do we access the mental toughness part of that? How do we access the grit, you know, the endurance part of that from the mental perspective? And so that's a big part of what we're talking about, you know, with Fuel the Pursuit too, is, you know, you think about that moment, you know, and all of us have had that when we're, when we're just beat down and we haven't had success and all of a sudden, you know, just something changes and, and it can change in a heartbeat, right? Any, any second you're out there, you know, you can, you can be, go from not having anything happen for, for hours or days or even weeks sometimes to all of a sudden, bam, you're in it. It's, it's happening right now. And you, and you, you know, you, you kill an elk in the next five minutes, right? And it just, that's just the way things happen out there. But what happened with, within us from a psychological and emotional perspective? And where is that, you know, how do we access that switch to flip it more on command? Right. And so that is such a powerful concept, you know, to, for, for guys to sort of understand that that's possible. Oh, Mike, uh, man, you're so spot on. Those states exist in us. Both of those states do and everywhere in between and being able to tap into that. Um, when you don't see an elk, when you when you just believe in a bigger purpose or you have this bigger goal uh, where you just keep driving and pushing over the next ridge and you have this belief that it will happen. I will create this opportunity. But you're so right. That's such a great example because, yeah, you can be so beat up and, and being down in the dirt and, and you feel like hiking out and you feel like quitting and it's just not working out. And all of a sudden you see a bull on a ridge and all of a sudden you are riding high. All of a sudden there is no stopping you that you're just ready for it. All of a sudden there's no more fatigue. There's no more leg hurt. There's no nothing. So, yeah, for, for us guys to be able to tap into that state or a portion of that state throughout the whole entire hunt, which is a lot of what your book talks about, Ryan, is like your your, your overall goals and values like should outweigh those those feelings you have like and and being able to tap into that and 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 have that mental fortitude and that drive to keep looking for those elk to keep trying to create that situation that scenario to you know and a big part of it too is just enjoying our time out there to enjoy the pursuit of these animals and and to enjoy the challenge of it uh it, it's always so challenging and tests us both mentally and physically 
But I think that's why all three of us really like it, too. If it wasn't tough, I I think I would have been done with it years ago. If it wasn't difficult and challenging and challenges me to my core, even to my breaking point at times – I don't think I would keep with it. Yeah. So I, I just love what you're what you're saying about tapping into that state of mind. Yeah, and I mean that's it's funny you mentioned like almost to the breaking point. And I think like that's that's that moment that I think about um, on that second morning um, last year. Like uh, we were we were hiking up uh, a pretty steep hike and. I mean, I was cramping everywhere. I, I was like, my quads were cramping, my abs were cramping. Um, <laughs> poor I, Mike was I, like, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I drug him up hourglass, Brian. <laughs> That's a burner for sure. That oh, thing straight up. So, yeah. So he he wanted to get up there, you know, and we we're trying to get up there before first light, and like, you know, he kept having to stop, and like, I knew, like, in, like I'm, I'm a smart guy, like I know he's like, oh my god, we're not going to get there before first light, and then you know, a couple more stops, he's like, am I going to have to like like you know how but you're right like that's like it was physically like at that breaking point and you know i think if it was like you said if it if it was easy if it wasn't that kind of a test like we we wouldn't enjoy it as much as we do um but um you know there, there's one thing we were talking earlier about kind of some of the things that we can do to to prepare for altitude and um it, one of the things that I'd love to, to share with people, you know, uh, for, for listening is um, there's a really easy breath hold um, that we can do, and it takes about 90 seconds, and it will increase your red blood cell count, um, which helps with the delivery of oxygen. You know, you said earlier, Brian, that, you know, you, you know how important it is. You got to get the oxygen to the working cells and the muscles. And, um, you know, I'm sure with your background in endurance sports, you remember, um, the, the cyclists, especially Lance Armstrong, that they were blood doping with EPO. Um, so when you take EPO, uh, it, it will increase red blood cells and that is what carries oxygen through the blood. Um, we can mimic that effect. We can get almost the exact same increase in red blood cell count by simply holding our breath a few times. Um, and it's not even like hold it to an extreme amount. Um, it's really easy. All you have to do is inhale through your nose for four seconds, exhale through your nose for six seconds. And then at the end of that exhale, pinch your nose and hold on the empty exhale for five to 10 seconds and then let go of your nose. This is all nasal breathing. So your mouth stays shut the whole time. So that's one rep. Do five rounds of that. And after five rounds, you're done. And then for the next 10 to 60 minutes, your red blood cell count will stay elevated. Uh, Those breath holds signal the spleen to uh, produce and release more red blood cells. And so you can actually kind of blood dope uh, before a hike or uh, before a run and uh, maybe try that before your next run and see if you feel uh, different. What what a great biohack! I'm I'm just getting to the breathing section of your book with the Wim Hof method, and I've been I've been hearing a bunch about breathing lately, and I've kind of picked up some tricks that I've just been practicing, like in through the nose, out through the mouth, like six seconds in through the nose, six seconds out through the mouth. Uh, just this breathing that's really helped me, like with my uh, my sauna work, and then also helped to get my heart rate down as well. Um, so I've just been playing around with it, but I need to read more and research more. But I love this biohack that you just told me. So uh, 
I, I um I, I started to scratch it down on my notes. So uh, will you tell me one more time, just so I've got it, uh, how it is yep. uh, all nasal breathing, and and then just start from the beginning again. Okay, so you're going to go inhale through the nose for a four count, and then exhale through your nose for a six count, and then after that, at the end of that exhale, just pinch your nostrils so you hold your nose, and then you're going to hold empty, right? So, like, that's what we would say, like, after the exhale. So, a lot of times when people hold their breath, they hold after the inhale, um, but in these breath holds, we're actually holding after the exhale, so you're going to hold empty, um, and you hold that for five to ten seconds. Um, it should not be like when you go to breathe again, you should not have to gasp for air. You should never feel uncomfortable. Um, so if you try it for 10 and you feel like you have to gasp, then, you know, back off and hold it for like five or six seconds. Gosh, I love this. I love um, this biohack. This is yeah. great stuff, you guys. And so, so you yeah, repeat that for five, five times. And then that's actually like, that's, that's a do this now and you'll immediately increase red blood cells. But there are some other versions, um, and, and we can we can get into these later, and I'll, I'll send them to you later on if you want. But there are some that, that I'm using that are actually simulating altitude, um, and, and I'll actually be jogging around my house holding my breath um, to try to simulate altitude. And so that's made a big difference for me too. And um, I know that, that there are a lot of folks like me who don't live at altitude but go hunt out west. And so, you know, we, Mike was saying that with Fuel to Pursuit, we'll, we'll – cover a lot of things other than nutrition. So there will be kind of a, like an altitude hacking uh, section uh, once we get fuel to pursuit up for everybody. Oh, how cool. Uh, it's something I need to work on. Like I have good lung capacity and breathing through all my running, but where I, where I realized it or recognized it is uh, I went out to Hawaii and um, I get this really cool locals trip. I've made these really good buddies out there. They come out here elk hunting with me and I go out there and hunt axis deer. And one of my buddies, Sean, um, said, Hey, do you want to go spear diving? And I, I was like, yes, I'd love to go spear diving. Like, 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 uh, uh I've dreamt of this. Like, it's kind of like hunting in the sea with, um, and, and we just used a simple three prong spear and then it's got some rubber tubing on the end. And basically you stretch the rubber tubing and grab the spear towards the front and then it's loaded and then you dive under the water. And when you release it shoots. And, um, so I went out with Sean and I didn't, you know, I, I'm maybe not the greatest swimmer in the world, but I can, you know, I can swim anywhere and I can hold my breath and feel comfortable in the water. And so we get out there with snorkels and fins and these hand spears and these waves are coming in crashing. And, and, uh, I tell you, it, it was like a, I was like a fish out of water. I went with Sean <laughs> and, and he's lived in the ocean his whole life. Like his breath yeah. holds are just amazing to me. And, and the way, uh, he can breathe through that snorkel, and, and I was just floundering out there. These waves would come over and crash in my snorkel, and I'd have to clear my snorkel and breathe in salt water. And then, you know, we had this um, – I'm supposed to go down and get this octopus, and then basically he cuts off a couple of the legs of the octopus. They grow back, and then we use those legs off the octopus for bait for fishing for these alua. But – um, but we went down and it, it wasn't that like it was maybe 15 to 20 feet down off the sea floor to get this octopus. And he's trying to tell me how to tickle it in the hole, the spear and the octopus will grab onto it and I can come up. 
and and I was just dying. I could just hold my breath long enough to get down there, and then I'd be out of air. And so, like, ever since that trip, I have definitely been working on my breath-holding abilities, uh, and, and I, I've been able to really improve it over time. But that was a, a wake-up call for me as I was – I was practically drowning out there in the ocean as my buddy Sean just flourished. He just looked like a fish out there, the way he could hold his breath and spear fish and dive down in between these rock canyons and crevices and go down through. And I could do none of that, hardly any. I could do about 10% of what he could do, and I, I had a great time, but I realized it's something I really need to work on. And so uh, I've been holding my breath more and then just reading more and more about breath work and in the biohacks you can do to your body, just like that one you stated to me that I wrote down on my notes, that it increases red blood cells, which carry oxygen to the muscles. Man, that is just amazing stuff you guys are talking about. Yeah, and that's the the longer one, the, the one that I was kind of referencing with, with jogging. I think that's one that, um, you know, if we're able to do an event in person in the spring of 2021, that's one that we'll definitely share with people. Um, I mean, it's 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 one that you kind of have to be with somebody to to make sure that they get it and understand it. But also, you know, um, just to have somebody jogging or, or kind of running and holding their breath is, uh, you know, you got to have got to sign a waiver a little bit there. But, you know, <laughs> to, to your point, like most people, when they hold their breath. Uh, and, and maybe you're even doing this now is, um, as you have increased your practice on it, um, most people are holding their breath and they're not moving, they're staying stationary. But as you experienced, when you're in the water, you're holding your breath, you're moving, you're, you're basically exercising. So your muscles are requiring oxygen. So you're, you're burning through, you're, you're expending, using up that oxygen more quickly. And that's why, uh, you know, so many people, when you, when you transfer that to the water and you start moving that your ability to hold your breath, um, you don't feel like you can hold it as long as you could when you're um, not underwater. It's because you're not moving when you're, you know, laying in your living room. Or man, uh, such good stuff. Um, I, I just dig all this. Uh, um, well, uh, guys, I have used up a ton of your time. I think I could talk to you all day about performance, and uh, <laughs> I definitely have to get you guys back on the podcast. Maybe we can do a live one when you're when you're up here hunting Ryan and us three can get together. But uh, yeah, uh, just closing thoughts. So, uh, Mike, closing thoughts on on performance, hunting, uh, uh, anything that you think is pertinent to the audience. Yeah, well, I just want to say thank. Thanks again for having us on and yeah really we could we could talk for hours about this too obviously so um you know i guess what, what i would say is that i think a lot of times guys folks get the idea that this stuff is is sort of difficult and out there and you know a lot of that i think comes from sort of the diet industry where you know people think you've got to just you know go full bore or it's not going to work or whatever and and one of the ideas behind what ryan and i want to do is, is make this stuff very doable and approachable for everybody, you know? And, you know, even if you just did the, the little breath biohack that Ryan mentioned there, and that's all you did, you're going to, to, to slightly increase your performance the next time you go hunting, right? And the more of these things you can sort of incorporate, and we're gonna, we're gonna give you ways to do these things. That's part of what we do in our coaching work, right? We don't just throw a bunch of stuff at people and say, do all this stuff and you'll be better. That's not how it works, right? You need to do, you need to be a keto. You need to, you know, 
train this way. You need to hold your breath this way. You need to train your mental grit. It, it's, it's not, it can be, it can seem like a lot. And, and ultimately it can be a lot if you want to incorporate all that stuff. But what I really want to want people to understand is that, you know, you, you, you can, there, there's ways you can do this incrementally steps at a time to work up to this stuff. So it's not sort of overwhelming. And along the way, you're going to, you know, gain, like you said many times, Brian, more enjoyment from what we're doing. You're going to be more successful. You're going to feel less pain when you when you're up in the backcountry. You know, you're 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 going to be able to 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 gain more enjoyment and 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 do things longer, be more su- successful. And that's really the idea. And you can do those things along the way. You don't have to jump in with both feet to a huge program and do it all, you know, all at the same time. You know, we're going to, we're going to help, you know, and, and people have different, different wherewithal. People can, people have, you know, different abilities to do different things. And some people, it's easy to just jump in and do everything. And a lot of, a lot of people that look at this stuff and go, man, that sounds like a lot. And I don't think I can do that. Well, we want to make it approachable and doable for everybody. So that's, that's kind of where we're coming from. Man, um, I, I really like your approach, you guys. It's uh, like you say, it can be overwhelming or daunting. And these huge changes are really tough. But these small incremental changes in the right direction, we're going to see the benefits from these. And it it's small changes that that we can make to see more performance, to feel better, to do better and be better in the mountains. And like you say, it doesn't have to be all in. It, it's just making these these small adjustments and changes, which become habits in our life, and, and these positive habits. They're just going to let us hunt longer, more enjoyment, and be more effective. Uh, couldn't have been stated better, Mike. Uh, closing thoughts, Ryan. Man, I, it, it's hard to follow what both of you guys just said. I mean, I think Mike hits a nail on the head. I mean, our the thing that that gets us fired up and and really drives us is you know wanting to help. Uh, people who enjoy being out there as much as we do, you know, get more enjoyment out of it, um, you know, have less pain, um, be able to go longer, you know, be able to think more clearly and, and just get more enjoyment, have more success. Um, I mean, it's anything beyond that is, is going to kind of, um, I guess it'll over egg the omelet and, uh, and, and kind of make it cloudy. So, I mean, I'll just, I, I think that's a perfect way to say it. And, um, you know, we're excited to, um, you know, get this up and running and then, you know, be able to talk to more people, you know, like conversations like this and and be able to spread the word and, and see where this goes. Because, you know, I feel like uh, I mean, everybody, Mike and I have talked to about this idea, loves it and, and is kind of uh, excited. And, and I think that, you know, together, um, you know, as hunters as uh, outdoor enthusiasts you know we can we can all kind of come together and, and make this something really special um and, and that's what kind of excites both of us as well man spot on uh well i have really enjoyed the conversation and, and i have a page of notes uh, just from the, the small <laughs> talk that we had but uh thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast uh, we have to do it again as i know we're just scratching the surface of all this stuff but um yeah i just appreciate you guys and appreciate you coming on yeah, thank you, Brian. We yeah. really appreciate being on for sure. Yeah, thank you a lot, Brian, and uh, and definitely uh, look forward to to doing it again. And and if we can do it in person, that'd be awesome. Yep, sounds good, guys. All right, guys, it's wrap. Man, fun conversation with Mike Lum and Ryan Muncy. Uh, those guys killed it. Uh, I really enjoy 
you know, Eastman's gives me full artistic freedom on the podcast to be able to book my own guests. And, um, and, and basically, this podcast turns into anything that I think is interesting and want to have an in-depth conversation about, which is just great. Like, I can have an in-depth conversation about, you know, the nuances of a stock in bow hunting or shot execution or, like, get Mike Lum and Ryan Muncy on and have this this podcast about human performance and biohacks and um, just a great podcast. I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoy uh, being able to go down each one of these rabbit holes. Uh, it's it's just um, it it's so much fun for me. Like I say, this podcast turns into just what uh, whatever I think is interesting, which is great. So um, thanks again to those guys. Uh, make sure to check out those guys on their Instagram and um, check out Fuel the Pursuit. Those guys are doing some great things in the outdoor industry. Uh, also want to thank Sitka. Uh, for just building uh, my favorite gear on the planet. Uh, gosh, that that performance gear and having the right gear for all these different hunts from early season to late season is, is just absolutely awesome. Um, I, I feel uh, very fortunate to be able to have this system uh, that I use. It, it just keeps me out there longer, makes me more effective. And um, yeah, I just, I absolutely uh, love the company and love their gear. And so it's, it's just a, a a perfect relationship with them and the podcast, so I really appreciate them and really appreciate you guys. Um, man, oh, I uh, I have to mention that um, Eastman's uh, we did a, a a Mule Deer Week and there was a bunch of great Mule Deer films that dropped, but one of those films is Imperial and it's about the Wyoming migration of Mule Deer. What a great film they put together, and it's it's so awesome. They have a uh, Mike Eastman on there. Um, you know, and, and he's really the one who built this company of Eastman's. And, um, I mean, that guy, he's, he's great. I love getting him on the podcast, but, uh, Mike is a one of a kind and, and they really showcased him in this film Imperial. Um, they have so much great footage in there, like the, the living legends, uh, Popeye and Goliath and Morty and the stories of those. And then it was so awesome. They, they took, um, Popeye and and talk to the guy that found him in his summer range because they'd always see this deer in the winter range and they found this guy that photographed him in the summer range and uh, talked over his story and then they were able to fly that exact spot where that buck was summering and show where he was wintering and you know these are all mountain ranges that I love to hunt and spend time in and so uh, it had extra meaning to me uh, but boy I, I sure got a lot out of this podcast and um, or a lot out of the film I'm sorry I'm losing my mind already. Uh, but yeah, I got so much out of that film. I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, make sure to check that out. It's Imperial. You can find it on the Eastman's YouTube channel. So just search uh, Eastman's Hunting Journal. All those films will come up. I believe they had one of mine for um, Mule Deer Week. I'm not sure if that's a new release or an old release, Hunting, on a, um, hunting Mule Deer. Uh, I, I need to look and see which one they release, but um, I know there's a couple films that you can find on YouTube, and uh, we'll have some more coming out as well. Um, really pumped as I, I filmed some good mule deer hunts this year, so those will be coming out. Man, great podcast. I, I just, um, I really enjoyed it with those guys, so make sure to check out what they're doing, and um, you can also check out everything that we're doing over there at Eastman's, uh, the magazines, pour our heart and soul in those, uh, the MRS section in the back. Um, it is just great for learning these other states and other units where it's good hunting. Uh, we also have an internet resource for that called Tag Hub. You can check that out. 
Uh, you can check us out on the Outdoor Channel. A lot of my films come out there. And um, you guys know. You guys have been listening to the podcast now long enough. Uh, you know what we got going on at Eastman's. But they're just a, a great company. And I'm so proud to be able to, to work with those guys uh, in everything they do. And so we got some big things coming up. Hoping I can get t-shirt design for the podcast and um gosh I, uh, we're just constantly working on um, um ideas and and um I, I just uh like i say i love having a seat at the table and and those guys really treat me well so i appreciate them and and uh, all their support with everything that i do and uh man yeah i think that's a that's a wrap 